Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is finding a prayer. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so some of us, thanks to my Catholic upbringing, have a few prayers that are memorized, but not everyone does. If you want to pray something official, where would you suggest people start? Ah, so there's a whole lot of different places where people can start. And I think there's a lot of reasons why people might be looking for a prayer that feels official. But maybe we'll get into that in next week's podcast. This week, we're talking about how to find them. All right. So if we're looking for a specific prayer, something that feels like it's got formality to it, something that has some roots that go back into the tradition and and remind us people who have been come before us, a great place to start is our hymnal. Okay. So hymnals have a whole lot of resources within them. And we've talked about this before with the Evangelical Lutheran Worship Book, which is the cranberry colored hymnal in a lot of ELCA congregations now. But you can find these in other hymnals as well. So in the old green hymnal or even the old red book, if you go back farther in time, or other denominations also have them. So you might have the Book of Common Prayer handy, or someone might have a copy of the New Zealand Prayer Book. There's all kinds of different resources out there. And if you open up, especially in like the ELW, for example, to the front of the book, mm-hmm. you're going to find a whole lot of different resources, including an entire section of different prayers. I guess and I've so, never actually looked. I know about the Psalms and I know about the hymns, but not that there were a bunch of prayers at the beginning. And there's a bunch of Psalms and there's the hymns. And maybe you know that there's the different settings for what we sing. And we've talked about there being matins and vespers and Compline settings in there. Well, there's an entire section. And in the new ELW, you might hear my pages rustling here if my microphone is picking it up. There's actually the lectionary is in here. Okay. And for each day of the lectionary, that's the three-year cycle that we listen through, there's the prayer of the day. Oh, Okay. So that first prayer that the pastor prays at the beginning of the service, it might be called the prayer of the day, or it'll be called the collect, because it's collecting us all in from all over the place to come around a central theme. And so that is printed in our hymnal. Not just you can find this prayer at this point in whatever Bible, the prayer itself is actually printed. The prayer itself is actually printed. So starting on page 18 you'll find it actually has all of the readings and then a different prayer for each of the years. Man, no wonder those pages are wafer thin and the printing is fairly tiny. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. They packed a lot in there. There's so much in here. And then after you get past the lectionary cycle, which is a long ways, then you have like special Sundays. There's lesser festivals, commemorations and occasions. And so you can find a prayer for remembering Joseph, the guardian of Jesus, a.k.a. his dad. Okay. You can find a prayer that focuses on Stephen, the deacon, the first martyr of the Christian church. You can find a prayer that focuses on Mary or Mary Magdalene. All of these are in the hymnal. You get then commemorations. 
you have All Saints Day or Remembering Martyrs or Missionaries, Renewers of the Church, there are some occasions. So if you need a prayer for Thanksgiving, there's a prayer for Thanksgiving in this book. You can find that on page 61. That is fascinating. My upbringing, I remember you had to pick a couple of prayers to memorize. And I really don't remember there being that many to choose from. I just remember everybody chose the really short one. Right, of course. And everybody was stuck doing a really long one. And then from there, there was just not a lot to pick from. Yeah. This seems like you got a lot to pick from. You've got a ton in here. And it continues through where it gives you options for like things you can use in worship. It gives a whole section of additional prayers that are things like praying for the church, for people in specific positions, praying for seminaries, praying for new members, a goodbye prayer for someone who's moving away from a congregation and sending them on their way. There's social ministry. So prayers for the unemployed, prayers for the neglected, the poor, the oppressed, prayers for creation, prayers for the birth of a child, the loss of a child, marriage, when a marriage ends, right? All of these are in here. So dozens and dozens and dozens of these options. When we have these big events and we're searching for words and we can't find them ourselves where we want something that connects us with other people of our tradition who have felt these things before, it's all in the front of the hymnal. Nice. Okay, so I'm assuming that if you don't have an actual hymnal, you can still find mm -hmm. these online? Just a basic internet search? Sometimes. Uh, you may not be able to find these exact ones, but you can absolutely go online and do an internet search. For example, I was doing a wedding recently, and they wanted to go with a Scottish theme for the wedding. Okay. And so I was able to go to Google and type in Scottish prayer of blessing. Nice. <laughs> and then just start digging through what the results brought back to me. How do you know if it's a good prayer if you're doing something like that? Well, that really comes down to how you define good prayer. Mm -hmm. This right? is important to many people. Right? What is good prayer? I think good prayer is both something that is genuine and connected to your own emotion and your feeling and your experience. Something that's not harmful towards another being. Okay. Right? But really, a good prayer is a prayer that is honest. A prayer that is genuine from your heart. So maybe it is a prayer that calls for harm of someone else. Because sometimes that's what we honestly are feeling. It's just that we can't stay there. Right? God doesn't want us to get stuck in that place. But it's about being honest and real and genuine and engaged with our emotions and engaged with our experience of the world. And when we do those things, whether the prayer has words or if it doesn't have words or if it's just a guttural scream or if it's a walk in the air, paying attention to the colors and the smells around you, whatever that is, that is all good prayer. So if you want to go the route where you have your own words instead of using somebody else's, uh -huh. where would you start? Is there like a recipe for what makes a prayer good, bad, or otherwise? There are definitely kind of some ideas of what helps to make it feel like it's a prayerful thing. Addressing the divine in some way, shape, or form, listing what it is that you are either giving thanks for or asking for, making a connection with your trust in the divine and the way I put it, hanging up the phone. 
Oh, sure. Right? Like picking it up and hanging it up. So (laughs) entry in and then exit out of the prayer. But prayer can be really messy. If we look at the great priestly prayer of the Gospel of John, it's an absolute wreck. How so? Jesus is praying on the night of his betrayal, and he's circling back on himself, and he's saying, like, I am in you, and you are in me, and my people are in me, so they're in you, and you promised you would take care of them, so you better take care of them because they're a part of me, which is a part of you. So don't you know that you're responsible for taking care of these people? It's like that prayer of a parent who's desperate for the safety of their teenager, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's going to be all over the place and not super sensical, but it's definitely heartfelt and comes out of the guts of the desire for the love and the safety of someone. Nobody's going to grammar check your prayer. No one's going to grammar check your prayer. And if your prayer is more sobbing and dripping than it is eloquence and beautiful words, it doesn't matter to God, right? It's just genuine. It's where you are. And so the formula of prayer is mostly wherever you are and what you are feeling, how you express those emotions and do so in a genuine way. So when you're looking for a prayer, does it necessarily matter what length you're talking or is that as much what you want to express in your prayer as anything else? I think it's that. I think it's as much as what you're looking to express. On the same vein, if you're out looking for a prayer and you know it's coming from some other denomination or faith, is that okay? Does that matter? I think we need to pay attention to the question of appreciation versus appropriation Okay, in that kind of a piece, right? So we're not looking to take a hold of indigenous prayer or indigenous methods of praying and taking them on if we're not at heritage without proper learning and respect and those pieces. But I think if we open up the New Zealand prayer book... And we find prayers within it that are published and available for the world to utilize. I think it's fine to utilize those. So it really depends on where you're getting it from and what your relationship is with the resource. I wouldn't recommend just taking on any prayer from a culture that's not your own. Okay. But if there's a resource book that has been published offered into the world, I think that's vastly different. Okay. What about the Bible itself? If somebody only had that as a resource at their hands, where would you tell them to go look? Open the Psalms. Open the Psalms. The Psalms? (laughs) Right away. The Psalms are a form of prayer. They have been for centuries and for generations and generations and generations. And They connect us even with Jesus on the cross. They connect us with his parents. They connect us through time and space. The Psalms are perhaps the richest resource of incredible prayer that we have as a faith tradition. And hands down, you can open that book or books, considering they are a section of books that are come together to make the whole book of Psalms. And yeah, I can't recommend that highly enough. If all you have is a Bible on hand, go to the Psalms and start finding your way through, you will find every emotion you have ever felt somewhere represented within the Psalter, for sure. So if you're not finding what you're looking for, keep reading? 
Yeah. You'll find rage. You'll find delight. You'll find celebration. You'll find deep depression. You'll find a desire to live and a desire to die. You'll find enemies. You'll find all of it is there in this altar. Anywhere else? You mentioned the priestly prayer. Where is something like that found? So the priestly prayer you can find in in the Gospel of John, chapter 17. And it's like that whole big section and is super confusing. But our Gospels are also where you find the Lord's Prayer and Mm -hmm. Jesus teaching the people with him how to pray. And in that, you also have like another suggestion of an outline of what to pray. Like, our Father who art in heaven, so let's talk about who God is to us. Hallowed be your name, that your name is holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Create the world that you're looking to create with and through me, right? And so, like, as you take each section of the Lord's Prayer, you can really take the intent of that, and then you could build on it from your own experience. Like, okay, God, you are bigger than everything else in this world, and I know that you're with me and you are holy, but this world is really hard right now, and I want your kingdom to show up exactly as you have dreamed of it right now. Right, So you can take those formal words and put them into your own what you're feeling. It's a beautiful outline that Jesus gives that taps into almost all of our basic needs. There's a reason that prayer has lasted centuries, because it taps into all of the stuff that we carry with us. Like, help us to be forgiving people. Oh, help me to be forgiven because I've screwed it up so badly. Don't let the bad stuff happen to me. Keep me away from the things that I don't want to do because I don't want to do them and I'm totally going to do them. Help me to not buy 50,000 small tchotchkes off of the internet because I'm depressed because it's going to lead me down a terrible financial pathway, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever it is to find your way through to that real place where you say to God the things that you need to say. So that's another place in scripture where you can look. Prayer is scattered throughout all of the scripture, and you'll find it in lots of different places. But those are a few specifics. Where do you fall on repetition in the form of prayer? Are you a mantra person? Does that count or not? Yes, it counts. And I am also a singer. And so repetition in song is a kind of prayer for me. Absolutely. If anyone is familiar with the Tizé community out of France, Mm -hmm. it's an amazing community that offers a specific style of prayer in repetitious music. There's an incredible beauty in what they offer. And I will say, for as much as people mock contemporary Christian music for having the same chords and repeating the same phrase over and over again... There is a gift to being able, in the same way that Taze music repeats the same thing over and over, so I can learn the words and enter into the feelings. Contemporary Christian music offers that as well. It's to have learned words and just enter into the prayer of it. So you can use hymns and songs as prayers as well? Absolutely. 100%. Nice. Martin Luther said that when you sing, you pray twice. Oh, nice. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Do you have a favorite source of prayer? Music for me is, I think, singing is my primary form of prayer. And 
whether that is a piece of contemporary Christian music or a hymn, Be Thou My Vision, is a huge prayer for me. But I think there's a lot of other music as well that I listen to, that I find moments within it where I experience prayer and God's presence within it in secular music. And so, yeah, that's where I go a lot when I'm praying. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about finding a prayer. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And I wish for you a rich prayer life in these days. May it be a blessing for your spirit and a comfort to your soul. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what. <laughs>